What I've also found, as every other EV owner knows, is that uh, you can increase your miles per kilowatt hour by how you drive. And okay. so uh, in the midst of a time where gas was at 515 a gallon, here I am, new EV owner, uh, who's learning everything on the fly, but learning quickly. And I make this 3,800 mile trip for $0 out of pocket. This is Middle Tennessee Electric's Plugged In Podcast. This podcast focuses on the world of electric vehicles. It is for all EV enthusiasts, whether you are an early adopter and have been driving an EV for years, or you're just starting your research, this podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Brandon Wagner with Middle Tennessee Electric's Plugged In Podcast. Last podcast, we talked to Josh Wood about his Hyundai Ioniq 5, but Josh also has some experience with planning long distance trips with his EV and how to schedule uh, charging on level three chargers in a way that might save you a lot of money. I hope you enjoy our conversation. We previously talked about your Hyundai Ioniq 5, and now I kind of want to switch gears to uh, public charging. I know that uh, I hear all the time from members, I want to go with an EV, but I don't really know where to charge, and there's a lot of anxiety about what do I do? How do I, how do I charge if I, don't, if I can't fully charge at home, if I'm out and about? Um, I know you have a lot of experience with that, and so I wanted to kind of jump into that, but um, I guess give us a little bit of an update on uh, how, how much do you think you charge at home hmm. versus public? Well, Brandon, it's great to be back. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about that because I think public charging is one of the uh, one of the, the bogeymen, if you will, or the boogeyman of, of all EVs. And we just don't know uh, what to do sometimes if we don't have a proper charging station at home and where's the closest one if I have to be out and about. And I became an EV owner back in June. I, I won't say it was by accident because I've, I've wanted to have an EV for years and years, but I will tell you that the learning curve for public charging is one that I figured out in about five minutes. Mm. And uh, for folks who've never considered that, maybe they never looked at what uh, would be entailed in traveling with an EV versus just having gas stations on every corner. I can tell you that nowadays we've got apps on apps on apps of how we do that. And of course, integrated into the cars nowadays are amazing ways to see and understand uh, what you need to do to plan for the next stop. And of course, how long it'll take and what's available and so on. So uh, I, again, approached it in June uh, with an expectation that I would kind of figure it out as I went. And the learning curve was very short. And I'm really impressed with where our infrastructure just continues to be building so fast. That's awesome. Very cool. So you said the learning curve was pretty short mm -hmm. on, on, but I mean, I don't even know, you know, how do you, do you charge your credit card? Do you, do you have a, an account? I mean, I know you said you use your app. So tell me a little bit about, um, can you charge at any level three charger or what, what are some things that a novice would need to know? Well, I shared uh, with a lot of enthusiasm my love for the Hyundai Ionic 5 in our last episode uh, because I genuinely believe that the greatest value add that they're offering to consumers right now is the ability to go with the Electrify America sites for the first two years at zero cost to the consumer. Okay. And again, for that person who says, well, okay, I'm buying the EV, it was really expensive, I'm out of my comfort zone, now I'm gonna have to pay for electricity, I don't know how you even calculate that, miles per kilowatt hour, what are you even talking about? But uh, Hyundai really makes that process very simple. And the Electrify America sites are unique because uh, generally speaking, they're right off the interstate. Uh, they're in public areas, they're safe. There are locations where you know, my wife can go charge and I, and I feel comfortable with that. They're sometimes in Walmart or Sam's Club parking lots. Uh, one time in my travels, I found an Electrify America in a Sonic uh, restaurant where oh. you would pull in, order your food, and you could have your car plugged in behind you. 
only found mm. that once in Texas, but it was okay. kind of a neat experience. Uh, but that, again, from a Hyundai ownership perspective, not only answers the question of how much will it cost, because the answer is zero for the first two years, but it also opens the door for all of the other carriers out there where you've got the charge points and the EV goes. And I have that app and I've never used it. I, I, mm. I've got all of them, in fact, and I've never had to. Well, with the exception of one time at Kohl's, uh, I plugged it in just to see how it worked with ChargePoint. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was weird. I, I had to pay two or three dollars for a couple hours of a charge okay. and frankly didn't need to. The other element of your question though was uh, where else do I charge or how much do I charge at home? And uh, the fact is uh, the Hyundai Ioniq 5 comes with a wall charger that just plugs into your 110. Uh, you okay. can get about three miles per hour, and let me clarify what that means. Uh, when you're plugged into your 110, it draws about the equivalent of a refrigerator plugged okay. in. And I'll occasionally, if I don't uh, have a need to go down to an Electrify America station or won't be seeing one of my travels, I'll leave it plugged in overnight and I'll get 24 miles worth of juice, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, it doesn't kill, you know, my MTE electric bill, thankfully. <laughs> and I haven't noticed any bump, actually, because we probably are uh, being cognizant of other things, you know, in the family budget. But, you know, the fact is uh, that gives me an option for the immediate need if I want to put a little bit of uh, extra charge and range on there overnight. It didn't cost me anything that was included with the car. And I take that with me. Uh, I'm going, in, for example, to uh, Kentucky here this weekend. I've got that in the back of my car. It just goes underneath uh, the little compartment, okay. and I'll keep it accessible in case I, I get to you know mother-in-law's house tonight and want to plug in just for the fun of it. Yeah. But uh, we can talk more about what the infrastructure and the range and the placement of these stations look like because this is a very intuitive process for these yeah. folks as they build out. And Electrify America has been everywhere I needed to go so far. So you said it's been everywhere you want to go. You actually mentioned Texas. Have you taken your? I mean, I, when I think of public charging, I think of like. I need to get around town. Have you? How far have you taken yours? You know, the greatest thing about uh, my EV was the timing uh, because it came in two months early. And in June, when I picked it up, I had a planned trip to Tucson in July. And so I had my car for just about a week and a half before I took off on what would be a 3,800 mile round trip to Tucson. And I didn't spend hours and hours planning and contemplating. I knew that there were Electrify America sites along the interstate everywhere I needed to go. Okay. And uh, by nature of how the car works, uh, I could have confidence that it's going to tell me when I'm getting in range and need to stop. What I've also found, as every other EV owner knows, is that uh, you can increase your miles per kilowatt hour by how you drive. And okay. so uh, in the midst of a time where gas was at 515 a gallon, here I am, new EV owner, uh, who's learning everything on the fly, but learning quickly. And I make this 3,800 mile trip for $0 out of pocket. Wow. And uh, it was so much fun uh, to see uh, people lined up at gas stations, you know, and, and I'm, a, I'm a gas guzzler owner too, so I, I'm in that boat. Sure. Uh, but I, I was in that time and place where I was able to make that trip, uh, what would have been hundreds of dollars in expense, uh, yeah. For zero dollars. And again, that's only by fact of the Hyundai uh, partnership with Electrify America for the first two years and the fact that the placement of those stations is so convenient that I was able to actually uh, do everything I needed to do on that trip and not experience any hiccups. That, I don't even know what's more impressive about that trip. The fact that you did that for zero cost <laughs> or the fact that you had it for a week and felt enough confidence to make that trip. That's got to be terrifying. I, I, I don't know if I could do it. So did you have like a, a plan of if I ran out, this is what I'm going to do? I mean, what, what, would, what were your 
contingency plans <laughs> if you didn't make it to a charger or if you got to a charger and it didn't work. You know, as, as a former military intelligence officer, I'm always looking at planning and, and sometimes uh, we, we say that the best laid plans don't survive first contact. And, and I think that was always the contingency is to contemplate, okay, I see that my computer on my, my my phone and of course on my car is saying I've got range, but what if for whatever reason there's a problem? What do mm -hmm. I do? And the great news is that Hyundai appreciates that folks might have that range anxiety and there are capabilities to bring charging to you. I've seen mobile uh, trucks come out and they can actually charge you uh, mobily. Those are rare, mind you. But then of course uh, on that trip to Tucson, I saw multiple Teslas on flatbeds. <laughs> no, no dings on the Tesla owners, but sure. because my standard range Hyundai Ionic 5 only advertises best case scenario 212 miles, I did not plan to go beyond 150. Okay. And thankfully the Electrify America stations are within that range and I never once had to stretch that envelope. Now I will tell you that uh, I've seen a max range of 230 on mm -hmm. my full charge and I've seen as low as about 170. Okay. It all depends on how much air conditioning you're using, how fast you're going, all those variables we know about. Sure. But the fact of the matter is that car got me everywhere I ever needed to go. I never had any difficulties charging it uh, with the exception of the occasional stop you know at a station and this one doesn't work you have to move to the next one and eventually found one uh, but uh, you know those were those were times uh, where a quick phone call to electrify america reset the stations back up and we're going to take a quick break from the podcast so i can let you know about middle tennessee electric's ev ready program this program gives a 50 dollars credit to middle tennessee electric members who have installed or are in the process of installing a level two charger in their home. For more information on this program, go to mte.com forward slash drive EV. Now back to the podcast. Running and keep on going. Very cool. So I, I, I um, one thing that you said I wanted to ask uh, just to verify you, you for Plan 150 miles. I think that that's smart. Mm -hmm. um, and you had no problem getting 150 every 150 miles. You you found a charger. absolutely. Um, I guess I'm curious. You, you said 18 minutes is is about how long you would mm -hmm. stay at the charger. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, I'm thinking 3,800 miles divided by 150 miles. <laughs> and 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 I'm thinking you got to charge for an hour. You're going to sit there for an hour. I know some. I've talked to some folks that I don't think it's Electrify America, but some retail places will mm -hmm. host a charger mm -hmm. and they'll throttle it down. So it'll right. it'll advertise we charge it XKW, but it, right. it, you're really getting half of that. Right. You didn't run into that. I did. And, and you did run into that. I did run into that sometimes, but it was never a hiccup that was a problem. Okay. You know, for example, I know that in the best case scenario, my car can charge in 18 minutes. Okay. Uh, maybe 19 minutes to get that 80%. But in the worst case scenario, if you will, I can recall sitting at one of those stations for about 45 minutes. But still, 45 minutes to get to the charge that was needed to move to the next station was never a problem. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the, the thing that's uh, interesting about that is, when you go to a gas station, you typically wanna get in and out as fast as you can. You would never think about, you know what, I think I'll go do a two mile walk. Now, instead, many of us would say, I don't have time to exercise. I've lost 30 pounds since I had my EV. Really? And, and that's no joke. I mean, wow. I actually have uh, started running. I've done multiple 5Ks in the last few months. And that all started back in the June, July timeframe where I would go plug in, try to walk a mile or two, and then get back to my car. Or I would combine, you know, go to a quick salad at a local restaurant or just something to do yeah. in the midst of that. The other thing I wanted to mention though, Brandon, before I forget is sure. that uh, in that contingency planning, you know, for an Intel guy who would hypothetically 
basically have all this figured out. The greatest irony was I was not only 1,800 miles away from home, but my wife was in India at the time on a State Department mission. Oh. And so I can recall one night, it was the middle of the night as I'm driving, and I call her because, of course, that was a different time for her in India. And I'm saying, you know what? I'm not sure that the range is perfectly in sync. I'm getting a little bit nervous for the first time. And of course, she's in India, couldn't be further away. <laughs> I'm uh, thinking, you know, probably three o'clock in the morning, even for the best roadside service, isn't going to be optimal. <laughs> yeah. And of course, I got there with 15 miles to spare. It wasn't a crisis after all. But uh, that was a moment where I thought, I am in the middle of a place in Texas. Where I don't think anybody wants to be in the middle of the night, much oh, less wow. an EV owner. Yeah. But you pull into the location where there's an Electrify America station. You get the fastest charge I think I had on the entire trip that night. Mm. Quick Gatorade, and I'm back on the road. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of roadside assistance, I know some cars come with a uh, a, a couple of years worth of AAA or some sort of mm -hmm. service. Is there, um, is there something similar with the Hyundai? Yeah, of course. Yeah, the factory warranty, first of all, is fantastic, but complementing the factory warranty on the vehicle is a roadside assistance program that is a phone call away. And thankfully, I've never had to use that for my Ionic 5, but I've got a lot of other Hyundais too. And mm -hmm. I have had to occasionally you know, make a phone call. Uh, they were amazingly responsive, helping us get a tow one time for a flat tire, for example. And that was on a different vehicle, but just very responsive. You know, the other thing I want to emphasize here in Middle Tennessee, though, is we've got two great dealers. We've got Wilson County Hyundai here in Lebanon, okay. and we've got Mike Hall's uh, shop up there in the Hendersonville area. Okay. And I'm talking about two amazing professional organizations that are representing EV yeah. in a really cool way that maybe folks don't think about when they consider Hyundais. Hmm. Uh, but uh, that's been a support network where if there was a question about the functionality of the vehicle or maybe just capabilities, uh, I could contact those managers and have a good conversation because Hyundai's investing in their people to represent a brand, which I think is going to be a great technology down the road. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, I, I want to ask you one question. You, you've got a lot of time in the vehicle. I think you're a data person, so I'm curious, is uh, one pedal driving, mm -hmm. is it worth it? Do, do you actually see better range using one pedal driving versus turning it off? Oh, I love one pedal. Yeah. Now, it drives some people crazy, uh, but I turn it on the moment I get in the car. Okay. Uh, I love it when I can go somewhere and come back and have more range than I started with. Okay. That That is like the challenge for me. <laughs> but uh, I am a data person, and I've had this car for just over four months and have just under 12,000 miles on it already. Whoa. So <laughs> I'm, I'm driving it daily, and I see one pedal as being a, a function of that regenerative capability that uh, EVs are really capitalizing. And I guess as a strategy person, a person who's focused on continuous improvement, I hate waste. Mm -hmm. And so if there is energy that this electric vehicle is expending that we can capture back and utilize, that's the wave of technology I think is going to be the best down the road. It's yeah. not about the electricity to functionally drive that car versus a gas engine, if you will, or even hydrogen, if someday that becomes a reality. It's about taking the energy expended, putting it back to work. Yeah, that's really cool. Because I hear people all the time go one way or the other. They'll say, you know, that it's it slows you down, so by the time you have to start it up again, it, it, it really washes out. But I've also heard people say, I, when I go down Mont Eagle Mountain, I have more range <laughs> than I did at the beginning. So yeah. uh, that's, and with 12,000 miles, so I'm just, if you had a, an ICE vehicle, mm -hmm. that's th at least three uh, oil changes. Mm -hmm. And you've, what kind of maintenance have you had to do? 
You know, again, Hyundai includes the scheduled maintenance for the first 36,000 miles. No oil changes, thankfully, on an Ionic 5, <laughs> but they'll rotate the tires and they'll take a look at it, make sure everything's copacetic. Yeah. And uh, that's usually about a one or two hour visit to the dealership with a scheduled appointment. Uh, I like the fact that with the warranty, you don't have a worry about the cost of technology repairs or if there was an issue because you have the fixed cost of the vehicle and you know for the first 60,000 miles or five years, bumper to bumper, you're covered. Yeah. Likewise, with scheduled maintenance for the first three years, I really don't have to worry about anything other than someday she will need tires if I keep driving it hard. Right. That's awesome. Well, I, as, we ran, as we wind down, I guess, um, I've had a lot of questions I've asked you. What would you like to leave us with? Anything, uh, doesn't have to be about level three charging, doesn't have to be about the Hyundai Ionic 5. Um, you have the floor to talk to the car club members. What would you like to share? <laughs> Well, you know, when you talk to car club members, you're preaching to the choir. But I think each one of us are going to be going out for the holidays. Maybe we'll be driving our EVs to Thanksgiving dinners or Christmas. Uh, and folks are going to maybe see these cars more so than they have because they're, they're getting on the road a lot more commonly. And I'm not an evangelist for EVs. I don't know that the technology is perfect yet and, and sure. the infrastructure's got plenty of growing pains, but I do think we have an opportunity to really show folks uh, a bleeding edge of technology where manufacturers of all different types from Chevy and General Motors, Toyota, I mean, everyone's coming to the table with an EV solution right now. In my case, I'm a fan of Hyundai but also have a Hummer EV on order. Mm -hmm. So I think that we can message what the capabilities are, and I think we can tell our stories. You're hearing a lot of good ones from me, uh, but the price point is gonna be the issue that everyone's gonna push back with. You know, Who wants to worry about EVs when the starting point is 30,000 plus for a Chevy Bolt? Right. Um, that's still not where it could or should be. And I think that technology is gonna continue to refine itself. I think the industry will continue to adapt. Um, but I think with adaptation, we're going to see volume and of course manufacturers can then respond with lower prices. So maybe I am an evangelist after all, but I'm having a lot of fun in the meantime. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming in. On, uh, I know you're, you're in the middle of a trip, so thank you for giving us some time. I appreciate you bringing your sons. They've been awesome, uh, great audience. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing with the car club. So awesome. Um, it's been a lot of fun. You, yeah, well, great. I, I hope you have a great trip. And uh, for those of you listening, I hope this generates some questions. Please post them in the Facebook chat or, or Facebook group. Well, we want to thank Josh and his family for coming in and sharing his uh, public charging experience with us. But we also want to know your experience. So please share that with us on our Facebook group or email us at evcarclub at mte.com. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to uh, plug in, power up, and drive safe. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review. Also, we would love to hear from you. If you have any ideas of topics you would like for us to discuss, please email us at driveev at mte.com. Thanks for listening.